Hello and how are you? My name is Alice and I am coming to you from Total Health Academy. Uh, Total Health Academy is where we talk about all things Total Health. So today we're going to talk about a very common disease. This is so common that 1.2 billion people as of 2019, they were living with this disease. Half of the adults in America have this disease. That is about 47% uh, of all the adults, which is uh, close to 116 million people. So it's very common. This disease is no other than high blood pressure or hypertension. Sometimes I call it high tension because hypertension, it, hyper just means something is high, uh, the tension is very high. Hyper can also go for high strung or when people talk about something like hyperactive, something is high energy or high energetic level. So you know, high blood pressure is also called hypertension and hypertension is high tension. So the blood pressure is kind of measured with two numbers. The top number, which is called systolic, uh, systolic blood pressure, uh, it measures the amount of force that your heart is pumping the blood. Because um, the blood is pumped by your heart. Your heart is a muscle and it pumps blood out um, so it can go to the organs of the body. So the force that your heart is using, that marks the top number. The bottom number, it kind of uh, measures the pressure in, in, your, in your blood vessels or the resistance in your blood vessels because your blood vessels are tightened up, they are stiff, they are not very flexible, they are not relaxed. And that's why the blood pressure is actually going up. So when you think about it, it's the resistance of the blood vessels that makes even the heart itself to work harder, to try and pump harder to get the blood out. So there's something going on with your blood vessels and we need to know what that is. Why are your blood vessels stiffening up? Why are they resisting? Why are they not relaxed? You know, those kind of questions. And the resistant, we, we, we use that name again when I talked about pre-diabetic condition, pre-diabetes, which affects one in three people in the United States of America. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it will be beneficial to listen to it again because we see the same name coming up again. Uh, in pre-diabetic condition and in type 2 diabetes, we find mostly a resistance to insulin. But when it comes to high blood pressure, the blood vessels are the ones that are resisting. So there is some kind of uh, stress going on because the blood vessels are very stiff. So I explained what the two numbers mean. And the normal blood pressure, normally, it's a normal blood pressure is anywhere from 120, the top number, 
and the bottom number 80. So 120 over 80, that is ideal blood pressure for an adult. Now, some people may have a lower blood pressure, so you will see some people having anywhere from the top number being anywhere from 100, 115, 106. That is normal. You just don't want that uh, top number going anywhere below 90. When, when it starts dropping below 90, then it's low. And we, that, that is a topic for another day when we talk about low blood pressure. Now, the bottom number, I said 80 is ideal. So, but with some people, you might see some people, uh, for some people, it's 70, 65, or 60. You just don't want it going lower than 50. When it starts going lower than 50, then we are talking about low blood pressure. And low blood pressure is caused by something totally different. So, that will be a topic for another day. So... And controlled high blood pressure uh, puts a person at risk for serious health complications like strokes, heart attacks, um, premature death, you know, um, those kind of things. And the interesting part is that when people have high blood pressure, sometimes it's called the silent killer. Because it really doesn't cause any pain, it doesn't cause any symptoms, and some people walk around with very high blood pressure, and they don't know it. Um, when it starts causing problems, if it's really, really high, uh, some people may have um, trouble with uh, their vision, they might have broad vision, uh, they might feel short of breath, they might have headaches. They, somebody may wake up with a headache. Sometimes they have nosebleeds. But those signs are very layer. And as you can see, they are very nonspecific because they can be caused by so many other things. Um, so uh, high blood pressure or hypertension usually does not come with any signs and symptoms. That's why it's called the silent killer. So the way I advise people is to um, visit your primary care doctor at least once a year, at least once a year. Go visit your doctor so they can do um, annual physical. And in doing the annual physical, they will be checking your blood pressure at least once a year. Now, if you're over age 40 and maybe there is a family history and you probably have other diseases, then it's good to be checked more often than once a year, maybe twice a year, maybe every four months or every three months, especially if you're going to the doctor for something else. And these days I've noticed that when you go to the dentist, they never used to do this. Um, now they check people's blood pressure because some people will go to the dentist, but they will never go to um, a primary care provider, especially if they don't feel sick, you know, they just stay home. So it's good to um, go to the doctor at least once a year to get it checked because you don't want to be walking aloud with the high blood pressure and then and it's still doing damage to your body. And one day you just get sick. Um, you start having complications like shortness of breath. You start having um, heart problems. You start having strokes. 
and you did not know about it. So that's not good. So that's that for signs and symptoms. Not much, right? Now, there are two types of um, uh, hypertension. One of them is called um, primary hypertension. And actually, that is the most common. Uh, Primary hypertension is the one that most people have that. Like 90 to 95% of people with high blood pressure, they have primary hypertension. Primary hypertension doesn't really mean much. It just means that, I don't know why they call it primary. They also call it essential hypertension or idiopathic hypertension. Anytime you hear anything being called idiopathic, it means that they don't know what's causing it. And that's actually true about high blood pressure. And that's why I'm making this podcast, because something is causing it, okay? Nothing comes from nowhere. Everything has a cause, especially when you see um, health problems coming up. There is always a cause. So the reason why I'm making this podcast is to discuss this. But we're not going to discuss it entirely because there's a section of the story that's missing. I, I need your family history and I need your history to be able to put, piece it together. And then I need to evaluate your lifestyle and see what's going on because something is causing it. So I can help a person get down to the causeless cause. So we're going we're gonna to peel this onion until we get to the root of it. But anyway, primary hypertension is, a, you know, they don't know what causes it. I know what causes it. That's why you need to get in touch with me. But according to the medical science, they really do not know what causes it. Okay, so there is another type. And this type, it does not affect too many people. This is called uh, secondary hypertension. The blood pressure is usually very high when somebody has um, secondary hypertension and the people are very, very sick. But this only affects 10% to 5% of all the people with high blood pressure. And usually with, this, with secondary hypertension, there is an underlying medical condition that is um, driving the blood pressure up. So some of the medical causes that drive the blood pressure up could be sleep apnea, kidney disease, adrenal gland tumors, thyroid problems, and certain defects that people are born with, like congenital um, problems of the blood vessels. You know, some people are, um, are born with problems already affecting their blood vessels. And so that can cause problems with um secondary hypertension. Now, all these things that I just mentioned, these are problems by themselves, like sleep apnea, kidney disease, adrenal tumors, thyroid uh, problems. And I actually have a podcast on thyroid, you know, Graves' disease. So go back and listen to that. um, And you hear what I have to say about that. So everything has a cause. And every disease has a cause. So um, if you listen to it, you, you, you get to find out that different things cause different things. So all these diseases, I can talk about all those diseases 
separately because they are all caused by something else. But now, once they, they occur, they can cause your blood pressure to go up. Now, another thing that can cause secondary hypertension is certain medications such as birth control pills, cold remedies, um, decongestants for like allergy medicines, um, over-the-counter painkillers, some prescription drugs, and some irrigal drugs. The irrigal drugs could be cocaine, um, amphetamines, and some other things could be supplements. You know, supplements that people take because they are told that either they cure certain diseases or they give you different antioxidants and they tell you that these are natural products, but actually all products are not safe. Anything that you're taking, whether it's natural, whether it's a dietary supplement, sometimes it has a tendency to cause unwanted side effects in the body. So anytime you find your blood pressure going up, there is always a cause. So all these things have causes. And at some future date, I will come and talk more on secondary hypertension in more detail so we can look at uh, some of the causes that cause it. Now, risk factors for high blood pressure. Now we are going back to primary hypertension, you know, the one that doesn't have a known cause, <laughs> but the cause is there actually. So risk factors. Now a risk factor is something that increases the chance of developing a disease. And high blood pressure has very many risk factors. One of them, and I'm gonna tell you, as I go through them, I'm gonna tell you whether they are true or not. Because some of them, even though medical science says that they, they do cause high blood pressure, some of them are not true. Like the first one, it says age. Age is a risk factor for high blood pressure, according to medical science. Now, according to me, Age is not a risk factor because not every old, old person has high blood pressure. Some people do. And with primary hypertension, um, it, 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 it kind of increases as you grow older and it increases over a long period of time. It's not like uh, secondary hypertension. Secondary hypertension can come all of a sudden. Like all of a sudden, the blood pressure shoots up because something else is driving it. Now with primary hypertension, it gradually just goes up over many, many years. So that's why I think they tend to think because it's seen as people grow older, they kind of think that age is a risk factor, but actually it's not. If that were true, every old person would have high blood pressure, but not every old person has it. Like I'm old and I don't have high blood pressure and I'm not expecting to get it. So I can tell you for sure, age is not, but there is something else that happens as we age, but it's not, it's not because you're getting old. It is something else that's going on with you as you get old. Okay, race, um, is a risk factor. They have noticed that people of African heritage, um, they kind of come down with uh, high blood pressure more than other people. Um, they also have more, uh, like a, a bigger percentage of people who suffer from strokes 
kidney failure, heart attacks, and they kind of tend to think that it's genetic, but this is another one. It is true that people of African descent have more serious complications of high blood pressure, and high blood pressure is seen with them a lot, but it's not genetics. <laughs> I know you were going to think about that. It's not genetics. Um, I was reading somewhere, and uh, some researcher had, had said that people of African descent, um, they are very sensitive to salt. Because, you know, salt has also been blamed as a risk factor, like eating too much salt. But actually, that's not true. And it sounds genius. It sounds almost logical that salt would cause high blood pressure, but it, it doesn't. It is something else. And black people are not more sensitive to salt than other people. If you eat too much salt, your body will, um, will sense that. Because the body, the way the body works is, is actually amazing. It can self-correct and it can balance itself. It knows exactly what to do. So if you eat too much salt or salty food, which, which generally speaking, everything you eat, you should eat in moderation. You shouldn't eat too much of it. Uh, but if you did, you will start to feel thirsty and you will drink extra fluids. And if your kidneys are working properly, they will flush the extra fluid and they will flush the sodium or the salt out. So you will pee it out, and it will not be a problem to the body. So if you ever see any research like that, don't believe that. There is something else that's going on with people of African descent, and it's not salt, and it's not genetics. But, you know, race, it's true that, you know, people of African descent uh, do have more high blood pressure issues than other people. Family history is another risk factor. High blood pressure does tend to run in families, and that is true. Now, this is where you have to think more, more than genetics. Think about inherited diseases. Um, that's how I like to look at it, because you can actually change that. You can change that if you knew how to. So you need to get in touch with me. If high blood pressure runs in your family. Another risk factor that is noted is being overweight or obese. And this is true, but being overweight or obese is actually a symptom of something else. So there is a cause to the cause, okay? So that's another, it's another area that I will have to discuss on a different date about obesity and go through all the courses and then after i do that you need to see me if you need to change that because yes it can cause high blood pressure but obesity is a symptom of something else not being physically active is listed as a risk factor i don't know why somebody would not be physically active to me i see that as a symptom of something else could this person be suffering from other diseases? Could this person be depressed? What is making them not be physically active? So, yeah. Another risk factor that they have um, talked about is um, tobacco use disorder. I call it tobacco use disorder because really we shouldn't be smoking cigarettes. We shouldn't be chewing tobacco. And they notice that cigarette smoking 
and chewing tobacco does affect your blood vessels it can actually the nicotine itself can affect your blood vessels it can injure them and it can cause um the arteries to stiffen up and not relax um and cause problems it can cause your blood pressure to go up and that is true but tobacco use disorder is also a symptom of something else because now we are talking about addiction you know addictive problems um another thing that's mentioned is drinking too much alcohol <clears throat> most alcoholics do have high blood pressure so that is true but then again drinking we are talking about mental health now addictions um and this is true but when you see somebody who is drinking too much you're looking at a symptom to something else so we've talked about three addictions people who are overweight and let me tell you people who are overweight and it's not because they they always eat too much that's not the case actually with most people there are people who eat very healthy and they still gain weight and it can be caused by medication maybe some medication that they are taking and so there is also a genetic component with weight gain but we can talk about that at another time but if you find somebody who is eating too much uh food can become a drug just like tobacco cigarette smoking that's a drug um just like alcohol that is a drug there is a need that these people are trying to feed and that so it's a, you're looking at a symptom to something else okay now another risk factor that is noted is eating too much salt and i think i've already touched on that but i was actually telling you about research i was talking about race at the time you know people of african descent that they are more sensitive to salt but too much salt is listed as a, a risk factor and i've already told you that is not true and it sounds very smart it sounds it sounds correct and the way they explain it sounds right but it's not true um so just like i explained it you shouldn't be eating too much salt number 1 and if i find you eating too much salt and i don't know how much too much salt will be i'm sure it won't taste too good if you eat too much and the other thing is you will just feel thirsty you will drink more water and then you flush out the salt Another risk factor and this one I totally don't believe it is eating little potassium. <laughs> Sometimes I think they, they it's like they are trying to grab <laughs> from every side to see what side fits more. Um so they they say that the the salt and the potassium should be balanced which is true. and the body can naturally do that. It knows how to do that, but they say that eating little too little potassium in your diet will, will is a risk factor for high blood pressure that is absolutely not true and it don't even make sense uh because potassium can be found in so much of our foods and once you eat the food the body knows how to digest it and knows how to get the potassium out of the food like if you eat, eat bananas you would have potassium if you eat uh nuts and some grains and some types of foods you you would have enough potassium um and once your body 
um, absorbs that. It knows exactly how your kidneys do a good job of balancing. They know how to balance the salt and the sodium so you don't have too much or too little. Okay, we are still talking about risk factors. Um, another risk factor they have uh, noted is stress, and that one is true. Too much stress, especially chronic stress, can increase your blood pressure. It actually can cause obesity. It can cause the tobacco use disorder. It can cause the alcohol disorder. So that one is true. But most people don't even know what stress is. And other people don't believe that stress can actually cause problems, but it does. So, and this is where I was saying that part of your story is missing because just because you have high blood pressure, I will not know what's bothering you. And stress is anything that steals your joy or your peace of mind. Any, any of that will cause stress and there's a way to reduce it. But, um, now we are talking about mental health also, because the way you reduce stress, you have to, it is mental. Okay. Certain other conditions that cause your blood pressure to go up is kidney disease, diabetes, and sleep apnea, which we've already discussed. And those are actually uh, different diseases by themselves. And if somebody has um, chronic kidney disease or end stage renal disease, I have a nice book that I've written about that. And I do a deep dive on it. And even if you're on dialysis, your body has ability to heat itself. I know people have been told that once your kidneys are damaged, they are damaged for good. But actually, according to me, it's not true. Um, first, you got to do a root cause analysis, which most people don't even know how to do it. And definitely, that's now part of your medical treatment. Really, they don't do that, and they wouldn't even know where to begin with that, and they don't get paid for doing that. So your only hope is really to call me, and I, I can do a root cause analysis and help you with that. Get to the root of it so you can, you, you can deal with the root, and your body can start healing. So all these diseases, every part of your body can heal. Okay. Now, we are still talking about risk factors. Let's see what we haven't talked about. I've told you about my, my book. That will be a good book to, to read because uh, some of the things I've discussed in that book, most people have never, ever considered it. And uh, I wrote it for a friend of mine. I wrote the book for a friend of mine who had um, kidney disease. And he actually was able, it helped him. It helped him because he was able to get to the root cause of the problem. And he's working on healing. Now, healing doesn't always come instantly. It's gradual because, you know, some of these problems have been coming along for many years. You, you just don't get sick with kidney disease unless you have acute kidney injury or acute kidney disease. Normally, chronic kidney disease is... It happens over many years. Your kidneys are getting damaged year after year for many years. So um, once you get to the root of it, the healing will be gradual. 
you know just like um, the way it came on now complications of high blood pressure the complications are many and i'll go through them very quickly so excessive blood pressure in your arteries and i say arteries are the ones the blood vessels that, that take blood all over your body to other organs from your heart so excessive pressure in the arteries caused by high blood pressure can cause damage to the blood vessels and sometimes to the other organs you know the organs that they are supposed to supply with blood some of the complications is heart diseases um, like heart failure heart attacks strokes and other complications and also because of the hardening of the blood vessels um this is it can cause a condition called atherosclerosis where your blood um vessels just harden they stiffen up they don't relax properly they get injured and then they trap cholesterol you know atherosclerosis and actually that's the one that leads to heart attacks um Another heart disease is a coronary artery disease. This is where the blood vessels that supply your heart muscle with blood, they get hardened. So you, it, it kind of impairs the, the heart as a pump. The heart as a pump is not able to pump blood properly because it's impaired. Um, another complication is aneurysm. Aneurysm is where the blood vessels weaken because of the pressure, uh, the high tension in the blood vessels. Um, the blood pressure, uh, the blood vessels, they bulge and they weaken and sometimes they can rupture. If they rupture, this is a life-threatening condition because then you start bleeding, internal bleeding starts to happen. So a very, very dangerous uh, complication. Uh, heart failure. This is where the heart muscle becomes thick and enlarged and it impairs the, the heart muscle as a pump. You know, when it, uh, the heart muscle becomes thickened, enlarged, where it's now pumping blood properly, number one, it can hold as much blood. Number two, it cannot pump bl as much blood out as it would. So heart failure is a complication of high blood pressure and it does affect a whole lot of people. Uh, weakened and narrowed blood vessels in the kidney is another problem. So high blood pressure can actually cause kidney damage. It causes um, uh, the filters in the kidney to stop working properly, they get ruptured, they don't work properly. And I have covered that in my little book. It's called Ed Stage Renal Disease When the Filters Stop Working. So it's on Amazon. You can actually get it from there or you can text me. If you have my number, you can text me and I'll mail you a copy. Um, so another problem that can occur is eyes. The blood vessels to the eyes, they can become torn because of the high tension in them. And your eyes, it can cause vision loss. So you, uh, it might cause blindness, you know. High blood pressure can cause blindness. Um, 
Another problem that happens uh, is metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is a group of diseases that are noted with um, high blood pressure. But I actually do think this is a more complicated uh, problem when many systems are affected. So a metabolic syndrome is when you have obesity, you are obese, you have high cholesterol, you have high triglycerides, which is a different kind of fat, um, you have high blood sugar, and you have high blood pressure. So that's called metabolic syndrome. Uh, and it's the number one cause of heart attacks and heart diseases. And it's not a good thing to have. And it can also be fixed. You can heal. Your body can heal from this. But first, we must find out what's causing it. And that's where I help people do a root cause analysis. Um, another complication is vascular dementia. Oh, my goodness. So it can damage the blood vessels in the brain. And when the brain, the blood vessels in the brain are damaged, the brain doesn't get enough food or enough oxygen. And it can cause impaired thinking, memory loss, and all that good stuff. So this is not a good disease to have at all. So when you go to the doctor, they usually do a diagnosis. Um, the good thing is with high blood pressure, it's easy to diagnose. Um, you just get the blood pressure measured, and it's very easy to tell whether somebody has high blood pressure or not. Most of the doctor, the, uh, most of the time, the doctor may want to check it, maybe two or three times before they give you the diagnosis, because sometimes people go to the blood pressure. Maybe they were in a traffic jam. Maybe they were getting late, and just the anxiety that is generated from that. By the time they get to the doctor's office, the blood pressure is a little high. That is called, or sometimes people just get scared just being at the doctor's office and their blood pressure goes up. That is normally called white coat hypertension, and it's actually true. So if you go to the doctor and they measure your blood pressure right away, which is what they do, the first thing they do is check your vital signs and your blood pressure is high, make sure they get it towards the end of the visit to double check it. Um, so yeah, the doctor will do it two or three times before they give you the diagnosis just to make sure that your blood pressure is high. Now, once they make the diagnosis, then there is a staging of the blood pressure. The ideal blood pressure is 120 over 80. Sometimes it could be 100 over 80. Sometimes it could be 100 over 70, and that is all normal. Now, elevated blood pressure, this is just when it's a little bit elevated, is 120 to 129. That will be the top number, and the bottom number is like below 80. And it's always measured in milligrams of mercury. So that's how they just do it. And you don't have to know all that detail. Normally, they will just use their little machines and just measure your blood pressure and tell you whether it's high or not. So, um, this is extra detail that I'm giving you. Stage 1 hypertension is when the blood pressure, the top number is 130 to 139, but the bottom number remains below, oh, between 80 and 89. That is um, stage 1 hypertension. So the top number, 130 to 139, 
bottom number 80 to 89. Stage 2 hypertension is when the top number is 140 or higher and the bottom number is 90 or higher. So now at that point, we start treating it because that's high and we don't want it to stay like that. Um, with Once you get the diagnosis for high blood pressure, the doctor may check a few other things just to make sure that you're healthy. They might do a urinalysis that is a urine test just to make sure your kidneys are working properly. They might do a fasting lipid to make sure that your cholesterol is within normal limits. They might do an electrocardiogram or EKG that is to check the heart electric rhythm of your heart to make sure that it's working properly. If you have been diagnosed with high blood pressure, they might, the doctor might also want to do a echocardiogram to look at the chambers of your heart. To remember, one of the complications is enlargement of the heart muscle. So they might want to do a baseline echocardiogram to make sure that your heart muscle is within normal limit. Now, once they do the diagnosis, the doctor will probably tell you to change your lifestyle and eat healthy. Normally, they will tell you to eat a heart-healthy diet, eat less salt, don't eat too much cholesterol, get regular exercise, um, lose weight if you're overweight, uh, limit the alcohol that you drink if you smoke, stop smoking, and all those things are good. But that is basic lifestyle changes. And like I said before, um, this condition is really not caused by nutrition. This is not a nutritional problem. Um, and even though those things are good, uh, especially when they put you on a heart-healthy diet, the, the fat that we eat, even the dietary cholesterol, is actually not the one that causes problems. Most of the time, your your um your intestine will not even absorb it. You know, they uh, they they won't absorb cholesterol if you don't need it. Cause the body is very smart and it knows what to do. The cholesterol that's causing problems is the one that your liver makes, and there's a reason why your liver makes cholesterol. If, if it's making too much, that's called plasma cholesterol or serum cholesterol. That is the problem. And we need to know why your liver is doing this because there is some kind of problem going on for your liver to do that. So it's not the diet. This is not a dietary problem. A high blood pressure problem is not an exercise problem or a dietary problem. It is a much deeper issue. So your doctor may decide to do uh, to treat it with medication. And I'm going to go through the medication very quickly just so you know. I want you to pay close attention to how the medication sounds. Um, the first drug that they might give you is called a thiazide diuretic or sometimes it's called a water pill. And what that does, it just works in your kidney to get uh, some of that extra fluid out of your body. Uh, because if they got the extra fluid and some of the sodium, they say that your blood pressure will, will drop down a little bit. So that is kind of fast line. Hydrochlorothiazide is used a lot and it's very favorable with uh, black folk. Uh, most of the time you see that as fast line therapy. Now, 
sometimes you see it in combination with other drugs also. Another type of drug the the doctor might use is called agiotensin converting enzyme inhibitor. Do you hear that word inhibitor? That means it's inhibiting something. This agiotensin ens- converting enzyme is um a natural enzyme that your body makes and there's a reason why it makes it and it kind of when it's made it kind of makes your blood vessels tighten up you know so it's inhibited so your body can relax so it can help relax uh, the blood vessels by blocking this natural chemical so it's an inhibitor and some of these drugs are like sestru lotensin capitan um Another drug that your doctor might give you is agiotensin 2, receptor blocker. Do you hear that? It's blocking something. Um, This is another natural enzyme that is made uh, in your kidney. And when it's made, it's a natural chemical that narrows your blood vessels. So it causes your blood vessels to stiffen. And there's a reason why your... um, your, um, Kidneys are doing this. So we give you medication to block this enzyme, to block this enzyme from working. So the first drug was to block the enzyme from being formed. The second drug, agiotensin 2 receptor blocker, is to block this enzyme from doing its job. Uh, some of the drugs that we give are COSA or Losartin. So... Yeah. Uh, another drug we might give you is a calcium channel broker. Did you hear that? It's blocking something. And what it blocks is calcium. It blocks the calcium from going to the muscles of the blood vessels and causing constriction of the muscle. So if it causes constriction, um, the calcium, um, if it helps with the muscle constriction, it will tighten the blood vessels and your blood pressure will go up. So we give you a calcium channel broker. Uh, some of the medications we give is cardizam, amirodopine, uh, and many others. And sometimes you might see those being combined, like a calcium channel broker and a thiazide diuretic. Um, that is given to control um, high blood pressure in black folk. It seems to work pretty good. Um, Agiotensin converting enzyme is given to people who are diabetic. Um, If they don't do very well with agiotensin converting enzyme or ACE inhibitor, that is a short name for it, they are given agiotensin 2 receptor broker. And those are called ABS. A-L-B. ABS. Um, so you, you might fight diabetic people being given that. Now, if you're taking calcium channel broker, your doctor may tell you not to drink grape juice because grape juice can react with the medication and cause some um, chemicals to be produced that are not good um, when it comes to your liver. It might increase the drug and cause um, something we call drug toxicity. So, grape juice does not work very well with many medications. Um, Another drug we might give you is called alpha broker. Do you hear that? Broker is blocking something. Um, And this one blocks a nerve impulse 
that causes the blood vessels to stiffen up and some of them examples of alpha broker um cardura mini press so yeah that's another drug if that we might also give you another one there's like multiple drugs we can choose from when it comes to high blood pressure we might give you a, a alpha beta broker so this one combines alpha broker and a beta broker so it's like two drugs in one and that is also um blocking enough impulse in um that may cause your blood vessels to tighten up so we are still trying to relax you and some of examples of alpha beta broker is colleague robetron um so those are the drugs we might give you if not we can give you a beta broker a beta broker works well with white folk or caucasian people of caucasian descent um and sometimes you might see it combined with other drugs. So a beta broker, is, uh, it, it reduces the workload of the heart. It kind of lowers um, nerve impulse to your heart. So a beta broker, an example of a beta broker is metaprolol, atenolol, um, or tenomin. You know, some of that. Uh, we might also give you something else that is called... Um, Adaptone or uh, aldosterone antagonist. Anytime you hear a word, word antagonist, antagonist is the same as a broker, is the same as an inhibitor. So we are still trying to help you relax. So, aldosterone um, is another drug that is used, and this one blocks the effect of a natural chemical that can lead to salt and fluid retention. So when we block it, we allow your kidneys to just let the fluid out and the sodium out, and in so doing, hopefully lower your blood pressure. Um, another drug we might give you is lenin inhibitor. Did you hear that? It's inhibiting something, lenin inhibitor. Now, lenin is a chemical, it's a natural chemical, or an enzyme that is produced in the kidney, and it, start, it starts the chain of the um, angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitor, the drug that I mentioned first. Lenin is the first chemical that is made. So if that is inhibited, then it, it stops that whole chain of, you know, doing um, angiotensin-converting, uh, enzyme or angiotensin 2 uh, is it stops all that process so it's a whole long process that your kidney does and one of um uh, example of this drug is um aliscurin ariscurin i hope i'm pronouncing it right ariscurin is one of the drugs it's not very commonly used and um, most doctors will tell you that don't use it if you're taking ACE inhibitor or angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitor or angiotensin-2 inhibitor, which is the ARB or the ACE inhibitor. Do not take ariscurin or renin inhibitor together with those two. And definitely, if somebody is pregnant, they cannot have that medication because it can um, 
it can affect the fetus. Um, another drug we might give you is a vasodilator. This one is also now used very often by hydralazine or monoxidil is used for resistive hypertension. You know, some of those hypertensions that don't respond very well to medication. Um, and it helps the muscles of the, uh, of the, the muscles that make up the arteries. You know, the wall of the arteries is made up of muscle, so it, it helps them relax. And it works pretty good. Um, one last drug that I'm going to mention is a central acting agent. This one works in the brain. And it kind of stops the brain from signaling or setting signals that increase your heart rate and signals to your blood vessels. And it tells them to just relax. So anything that's working in your brain, you know... Um, there is a possibility. If we can control your blood pressure from your brain, that means the signals are really coming from your mind. And anytime you see your brain is affected, uh, the signals are coming from the mind. So some of the um, examples of the drugs we might give you is Cataprest or Tenex. Uh, those are the central acting work and they are also used for many other things but lowering the blood pressure is one of them so all these drugs they are inhibiting something blocking something um antagonizing something what does that tell you we are trying to artificially relax you so that's what's causing the the high tension and we uh, when i do a root cause analysis i need to find out what's going on in your life that's causing your blood vessels to, to stiffen up because there is a root, there is something that's causing them to stiffen up. Um, the second thing I need to know is whether there is a family history because then if there is a family history, I know for sure that's an inherited disease. And inherited diseases is not one of the things we should be inheriting. We are not supposed to inherit diseases. So something is wrong. But even if it's inherited, you can still fix it. And I'm going to show you how to do that. So some of the things the doctor might tell you to do lifestyle-wise is to eat healthy, decrease salt, maintain a healthy weight, Increase physical activity, like 30 minutes of exercise per day. Limit alcohol intake. Don't smoke. Manage stress. I don't know how you manage stress, but we can talk about that. Um, monitor your blood pressure at home. Uh, practice relaxation. Um, that's complicated. And there are some things that they are doing in the world that I wouldn't want you to do, like when they start telling you to do guided medication, meditation and stuff like that. Um, that. That stuff is not for everybody. So that's where the world is going with that. Uh, relaxation technique, slow breathing, deep breathing, which is not bad. But sometimes you might get sucked into stuff that you don't want to be doing or you shouldn't be doing. Um, but we can talk more about that when we do a deep dive or if you call me. Um, so yeah, all those things are not bad, but really they are not causing the high blood pressure. And that's why you find that 
this is a very common disease in the world. Um, so many people are affected. 1.2 billion people in the world. And that was before COVID. So I can imagine now with COVID, it must be um, higher than that. Because um, we can talk about where this is coming from. Two things is coming from two areas. You either are causing it, there is something that you're doing, and it's not food. There is something that you're doing that's causing your blood pressure. But if it runs in your family, then you're dealing with an inherited disease, and I can help you with both. I, once we do a root cause analysis, I'll tell you exactly how to fix it. And this is not something you don't need to. You will definitely need to change some lifestyle. Lifestyle changes, but it has nothing to do with um, food or exercise. You don't have to do any of that, although it's not a bad thing to do that. Exercise is not bad to do it. Eating healthy is not bad, but that's not the root of high blood pressure, especially primary hypertension. So with that, I am done. Um, if you need to get in touch with me, you can email me. Alice Monua at hotmail.com. I must tell you that I do not check my email very often, but you can get me on Facebook. You can inbox me on Facebook. Uh, I check that every single day. If not, stay tuned, uh, register, get plugged in with this podcast because um, by next month, I should have a website where I can um, tell you how to get in touch with me. I will also be doing a webinar on deep diving to find out what the root cause of these diseases are. And I have about five causes of diseases, five causes that have nothing to do with food or exercise. Uh, and it has nothing to do with anything you're eating. Actually, the medical industry never thinks about those five issues that I'll be talking about. So five things that make you sick and about 30 things that prevent your healing. So that will be the webinar. I pray that I've said something that can help you, and I pray that you will stay tuned. So I, when I announce the deep dive, you will be the first one to register for that. Thank you, and God bless you.